This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Malform. <laughs> Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Hello, Karen. Happy. Oh, hello, Chris. Aspe- have you been doing spring cleaning today? What'd you say? Is spring cleaning a thing where because oh, yeah. of spring? Yes. Why is well, it? You... Why is it? Well, here, personally, I'll answer for myself. In the wintertime, I feel like everything is like, you're out cold and you keep using the same blanket over and over and you kind of are like locked down a little bit. So when it's spring and you're throwing open those windows and kind of loving the weather and letting the opening the window, let the air breeze through, then you start kind of like cleaning things. I literally just cleaned out um, all kinds of clothes out of my closet to donate because I realized I was just shoving shirts, like t-shirts over and over into a shelf Oh, yeah. Um, So I didn't know what was in there, and I I also wasn't wearing a lot of it, yeah. It's the only time I tuck in my shirt is when I'm jamming my fingers in a drawer. (laughs) And uh, you're right, it's a window thing. I don't know why. I left the house solely to buy Windex, a thing I've never (laughs) strived to yearn for. (laughs) And I got so excited. And I even grabbed, you know, there's some of these lunatics that prefer newspaper on glass. Well, that's, that's that's the best way. That's I don't, how you're supposed I to don't do it. agree. I just, oh. it leaves streaks of ink. You need newsprint, maybe. Oh, maybe they don't make them like they used they to. Did, that that's, when it really that's, cleaned. that's why, if I didn't sound elderly enough with just the topic <laughs> that I've brought up, they don't make newsprint. I mean, print, they say print is dead, but I really mean for the sake of cleaning mirrors. Yeah. The ink, ink is dead. They use I actually, I had a, because I have two tall windows or several tall windows. So I had a window cleaner guy that came to, to get like all the spotty, hard to get. And I said, hey, I tried to clean these myself. 
and it didn't work. And he was like, did you try to use like Windex and whatever? Yeah. And he said, and this is might be like a conspiracy theory. He said, Windex puts wax in their product. I shouldn't, maybe shouldn't be oh. naming, name checking them, but so that you have to keep using it. That's insane. That's that's like uh, Carmex, you know. Right, that put, makes your lips chop. Yeah, yeah. They put, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, fibers of glass. Uh, <laughs> well, our love to the Carmex and Windex people, we're still available if you need us to give a shout out commercial wise. <laughs> But you Mix cut up our together. lips and you put wax on our windows. <laughs> it's all been a lie. You could have been the window guy, you know, propagandizing so that he, I always used a window guy instead of trying to Windex the windows myself. Yeah. Anything's possible in, in, in today's America. I forgot about window guys. Did they come up on a scaffolding with a top hat and you kind of, oh, I'm in my negligee. Is it ever like that? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, I feel like you're combining chimney sweeps with the top hat part. Yeah, it used like to be a, the with same outfit. Thing. And you still live in a multi-story house, right? Mm-hmm. In yeah. Victorian England, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, we, what a strong start. Now, I'll, I'll go ahead and be the reason for that. Just topic mm-hmm. alone. Amazing. Anyway, I've been spring cleaning. I could have just told you that. I'm very excited about our guest today. Are mm-hmm. you? I am. Yeah, Very much so. Yeah. I think our opening uh, conversation mm-hmm. had a touch of self-consciousness about it right? because we really like this guest. Well, last time we were self-conscious and it, it was a great episode. So why switch mm-hmm. things up? Why change it now? Yeah, I agree. I'll go. I'm going to introduce our guest, Karen. Do it. Okay, I will. <laughs> our next guest is a podcaster, comedian, and rapper. I use rapper. Everyone, put your ears together for Open Mike Eagle. Hi. Woo! Hi. That was, that was, I liked your banter a lot. Oh, thanks. Thank God. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it was, it was really great. You, you, you gave very practical reasons why you should, like, wash blankets. <laughs> like, that's a really good reason, because the reason I usually do it is if they smell. Right. That means I've, wa- I've waited too long. Right. Yeah. But if I think like you, then I'll, I'll be more proactive. Yeah. Just and- do it. Seasonally. Seasonally. Yeah. At, at least. I mean, a couple <laughs> times a year, maybe. And I did get the answer I was looking for. I didn't realize it was because I was starting to open my windows. And then it's like, everything must go. Because it doesn't get cold here in the winter. But yes, I used the same. I didn't wash my sheets. I'm going to say at times for a couple months. Now, I know that grosses you both out. <laughs> I mean, I can pretend like it grosses me out, and then that would make it seem like I do it a lot more frequently. <laughs> yeah. But I, that wouldn't be honest. <laughs> Let's at least be honest on this episode, at the very least. Yeah. I'll try, but sometimes honesty gets into stuff that I don't necessarily want to admit publicly. And then what do I do then? <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. Just keep I feel just like, double down. I feel like that's kind of what lies are for. Yeah. It's for stuff you don't want to admit yeah, publicly. To, right. You know? So you're not revealing how gross you can be. That's really the main reason I lie. Guys, when you don't wash your sheets for, let's just say, one month, but and <laughs> Two, that three. might not be true, but if it is. Yeah. What color are your sheets? <laughs> That's the thing. We got to Multi? Get... <laughs> plaid? Are they a plaid? <laughs> are you asking when I bought them or now? <laughs> oh, that's gross. Because <laughs> now they're tie-dyed. It's like I brought my sheets to a guar, a guar show. 
I that is the issue, Karen. I have red, like uh, tomato red sheets. Hot. That is very sexy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, it goes with the theme of my room. There's an outdoorsy theme, and uh, I got uh, red sheets. So if I What's had red white... outdoors, is it like rivers of blood? Like what? <laughs> outdoors <laughs> in hell. You're very, you're very right to say that. Uh, red is rarely a color that exists when you're in the woods. <laughs> but Poppies. I, I, that's a poppy field. It's outdoorsy with with lanterns and but red. Uh, Gingham is the print, the uh, the classic. Let's have a picnic print, and uh, and I got red sheets to go with those red. So, and I have multiple sets of red sheets. So I think this problem. My point is, if I got white sheets, like a classic white sheet, which I've never had, I would clean them all the time. Karen, your sheets aren't white. No, they are not. Yeah, like only hotels and hospitals. That's right. why I want them. That's why? Yeah, where am I more comfortable? Where do I get the best sleep? Maybe it's because it's a better mattress, but hotels. <laughs> Just give the sheets all the credit. Yeah, and I'm going <laughs> to make sheets. I'm gonna make them real tight at the end so my feet have to be horizontal like a ballerina or <laughs> parallel. <laughs> Just flatten them out. Yeah. Just really stre- stretch oh, out your the pain, and then I go yeah. right into blissful sleep. <laughs> Yeah, you spend the whole night trying to loosen them up, and yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah. Sleep yes. like an Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, when you are on tour, uh, do you first of all do you stay at like? Are you going to hotels constantly? Yeah, yeah. And do you like that lifestyle? So I, it's not that I like it, but I do miss it sometimes when I'm at home too long. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I miss the sort of disorienting feeling of waking up in a blacked out room yes opening the window because i'm staying like downtown in some city and it really taking me a while to figure out what city i'm in <laughs> yeah yeah like, i miss that feeling sometimes because it's like uh i don't know it's uh it's it's a it's a little bit of it's like a, a chaotic prize yeah yeah you win you know <laughs> it's glamorous it's showbiz you could be in Boston or you could be in Houston. Yeah. You know, depending on what you like, that's either great or terrible. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I always say that's what I don't, I like just doing the shows. I hate, I, I don't like the travel part, but I do. I just don't like, oh crap, I have to buy a bunch of flights today. That's it. I have to get yeah. to the airport. That's what I don't like, which used to be the premise of this podcast. Yeah. Let's record doing a thing we like the least. Uh, but that staying in hotels and waking up, in them is it feels good because when you got the right hotel it's hard to leave yeah mm-hmm. you know if you got the nice one with a with a spacious room and uh, a nice hotel bar situation it's kind of cool yeah um you know maybe it's close to the venue so it wasn't yeah it wasn't a a, a big to do to get out or in and you know you're like oh i wish i could just take this hotel with me yeah. To the next city. <laughs> yes. You know, but that's just not how hotels work. <laughs> Unless you're staying at the Marriott. Pretty much. Yeah. The, the Sher- Sheraton yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I did a Marriott in uh, when I was just in Milwaukee, but then in Chicago, where you're from, right, Mike? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I stayed at, have you ever heard of the Ohio House? I have not. It's like an old motel, the kind where your car is right outside your door. Those are usually scary. Mm-hmm. It, you, usually, but... Sometimes they get modified into a boutique situation, which means they just buy new lamps. 
Yeah, I have feelings. Yeah, about that because because it's like I know what this used to be. Yeah. So why why am I paying like anywhere near a real hotel price? Right. When we all know what this is, you're mm-hmm. right, and I get you know? fooled by it. I'm like, ooh, it's, no, I get it. It's so simple, and I'm on the ground and floor, and, and it's swanky, and they usually put little weird decorations places. They might have <laughs> odd books stacked. <laughs> they did have on books. the shelf. They had weird yeah. Books. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get it, and I and I and I like it. I just think there should be some some price differential between what this is and what we all know it used to be. Yeah, yeah, yes. You know. Yeah, it was only like $20 cheaper, but I drove away from the venue to get to it because I want, I, it's the thing is I was worried about this car that I touroed. It was like a fancy car and there's, I, I have a weird thing about paying as much for the room as the parking in the hotel. And this ah. had, I just went free parking and it's like, just showed a bullet hole riddled motel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe it's been renovated. And they, it was, and my car was right outside the window, but yes. Each room had a corridor with like four or five rooms, and it's a perfect place to have gotten stabbed many times. <laughs> <laughs> and there was chaos in the nighttime, but it was mostly laughing. And but it was right outside my door. Who laughs and then elbows their neighbor's door? But I didn't think Maybe I was going to get killed. They heard a real good joke. Yeah. The f- the, f- the first step in that <laughs> renovation, though, is the removal of the dirty microwave. Which I'm a fan of. Right. I like that. Yeah. I like that. My favorite one of these places, though, have either of y'all ever stayed at the, I think it's called the Jupiter? Is yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's yeah. my favorite one of those. Yeah. And that's connected to my, my favorite venue is the Doug Ferns right Me there too. on the same yep. lot. But uh, you know what's really weird about the Jupiter is that I noticed... And I don't know. I don't know how a place accumulates a reputation like this, or or encourages this kind of behavior. <laughs> but it was about. It's been about three times when I've stayed at the Jupiter, and there were people very intentionally having sex in their room with the with with the window right. open in the front, so you could walk by and see. I swear to God, the, I think it was the last Bridgetown, and we were all mm. staying at the Jupiter, and that's the first thing I thought of, and I was like. Am I being perverted? But it's like, this has a swingers vibe to yeah. it where oh, wow. it feels yeah. like here, take your key or whatever key yeah. because, because it's all kind of like uh, out in the open. Oh, I'm just yeah. leaving a pineapple outside my door. <laughs> you know what that means? Wink, wink. <laughs> it means you're swingers. Did you guys know that about the pineapple? No. Yeah. I just found that out recently. Yeah. I, I did a, I did the, the Joko cruise. Uh, which if anybody ever has a chance to do it, it's, it's fucking amazing. But there was uh, there was this outbreak of pineapples being put on people's doors. No way. Yes. Like people who weren't necessarily into that lifestyle were suddenly being approached, oh, having wow. their doors knocked on because there was a rogue person running around <laughs> putting pineapples on things. But oh, like a sexual villain. Yes, <laughs> but it all uh, ultimately unfolded and people found out who did it. The person who was doing it didn't know that that's what pineapples meant. Oh, they were just delivering. I, I believe them. They're they being thought like they cute? were just they thought they were being festive. Yeah. Who doesn't want a pineapple? <laughs> Everyone like, loves the sweetest fruit. That's quite a mistake, though. It is quite a mistake. Yeah. I mean, it is because the ch- there were people on the cruise who were into that shit. Yeah, you know? right. 
I'm on that guy's side, though, when someone said, don't you know what pineapples on the door means? Which is what I just did to you, too. He'd be like, what? What? No. I was just giving out pineapples. I'm not trying to make people swing. But I mean, what do you think, Mike, what do you think that person, if the, if swinging was out of it, the idea that he's they're just being cute? Like, that they're yeah, just well, kind of... A- it's a very cute cruise. It is a very, it's an aggressively cute <laughs> cruise. People are going out of their way to like do cute shit all the time. So oh. that I, I I I buy it. I buy it. Okay. As as the reason. Okay. I want what it what is the Joko? Not that you're so, here to promote uh, that, but yeah, I'm not because they. I don't know if they're booking me next year. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, This yeah. isn't this is not a sponsored post. Um, but Jonathan Colton, the musician. Oh sure organizes the Joko cruise. They've been doing it, I think, like over 10 years now. And they have musicians and comedians and improvisers and all sorts wow. of folks on. And, and then there's there's an audience for it where they buy up the boat every year. Wow. That's uh, great. This is my second time doing it in March. And it is fucking awesome. It sounds like the vibe is very um, like theater camp almost. Yes. Like yeah. I'm yes. expressing myself. And these are the people 100%. that will support that expression. Yeah. It is exactly that. And Matt, you've done the Max FunCon stuff, right? I have done the Max FunCon yeah. one time. This this is like that on the water yeah. with booze all day. Right. That's mm. uh, Jesse Thorne did do that one. There was like a a cruise that we did. and I, I didn't think know that. Not a ton of people came, but it was mostly comics. And, and then, but then you're just kind of sequestered to half the ship. They didn't get the whole boat, of course. Who gets a whole boat? <laughs> well, when Joko started, they didn't have the whole boat either, but now they've grown to where they have the whole boat. Oh, wow. A whole cruise yeah, ship? It's, it's really something. Oh, and wow. the, the, the staff is like shook and thrilled at the same time. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's too late. You've, you've efficiently promoted it, and I'd like to submit that you be booked again next year. Well, I'd like to clip this part and send it to you. <laughs> we will clip it. On a lease, clip market, clip it, send it. Every, everything after the pineapple thing. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Don't tell them that we busted them. I like that idea, though. I think the energy, and Mike, you would know this kind of best because you do comedy and you do music, but I think the energy between comedians and musicians gets very... We all want to impress each other. Yeah. We want to oh, do yes. what the other group does. We want to, which is kind of interesting because then you're right in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's like for you. Where Because that kind of like impress each other, kind of let everyone's lightly in love with each other. That would be great on a cruise ship. That would be very pineapple It's really fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't get to pineapple levels in the green room, but it was very good. Yeah. I mean, maybe with some people it got to pineapple levels. <laughs> right, right. I can't speak for, for everyone. Um, but that the the best part of my two times on the cruise, the the most like heart filling parts to me was that like, you know, because there's all these shows all through the day and, and every night. And then afterwards, all the performers are in the green room are all just fucking gushing over each other because mm-hmm. everybody's so cool and everybody's so talented. And it's just really an amazing assembly of people. Um, it seems like every time, even though I've only done it twice. Yeah, sounds I'm, awesome. I'm always shocked when a musician that I look up to even considers stand-up comedy. I always think of it as a lower art form for some reason because <laughs> I do it. Because you do know. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. You have no appreciation for it because you can yeah. do it. But the mutual, the seeing anyone 
the even the biggest rock star wants to do jokes in between songs. And I once I started to realize that more and more, or see it more and more, I'm like, oh, we both like the thing the other one does. It's cool. Yeah, we, we call that banter, and banter is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I've been messing around with friends uh, singing old punk songs from skateboard nice. videos, and it's fun. It's mostly for us to have fun. But man, with jokes I tell in between songs, God, they it's so easy to get a laugh. I'm like, oh, man, I got to <laughs> how do I set this up to be the, the case all the time? Yeah, the bar's so low. People come to music shows. They don't expect laughter right. they want to laugh but they don't expect it but karen you you're right there yeah in the middle too you've seen it all true true i've seen it all <laughs> well i just it's just that i haven't done it in a long time but i i was thinking of you know largo and the largo the late 90s largo days yeah. which had that kind of energy or early 2000s where like the thing Chris is saying where it's like, oh, we're just the comedy show. So we're, we're like the thing that either comes after or before. Yeah. But then when it all kind of gets mixed together and the musicians are hanging out, like this is my hang and this is your hang. And so we're all kind of like you start to then get that um, up close kind of love and appreciation that I think in comedy, especially in the 90s, it was so competitive and so kind of like cooler than now. And suddenly there were musicians that were just like open and nice and nice right to your face. And then it's like, oh, I should be like that. That's actually way cooler. Like yeah. this idea that we're all kind of, you know, artsy together and it's not a competition was, it was kind of like a, it was such a better vibe, obviously. Mm. And it's so much more fun. And it makes it so much better to put it on a, a confined place with beds so you can make it sultry. <laughs> That's right. You can add you can add pineapples to the mix and then everything goes crazy. <laughs> I think that the Jupiter, it's uh, to go back to that, I think the reason it has this vibe is uh, the curtains, I remember, don't fully close. So makes sense. against mm. your will, you can, as people walk by, it, how many situations are people, it's totally normal to walk and you can be six inches from that crack in the, in the curtains. So if, I think the reason I've had so, seen so many people have sex there and I have, it's because my face was pressed against the glass. <laughs> <laughs> you knew which, which room had the most split curtains yeah. and you were going over there. <laughs> For I no mean, reason. I'm walking by, but you can hear my nose go squeak. <laughs> <as I'm looking. laughs> and my friend Katie and her her husband are part owners of that place. I've I've uh, not that I'm bragging. I know people in real estate. You too. What? <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, she's from Missoula. She's an old Montana pal, and uh, I've stayed there many times. It's a uh, let's another shout out to the Jupiter. <laughs> And also, is that the Doug Fur has that awesome diner? So, it like really yeah, in amazing. the morning, like when it's a comedy festival in the morning, uh, everyone's going. It it's, has a very college dorm or college yeah. cafeteria vibe where it's like, go get your waffles. People are coming or leaving, or yeah, it's and so it, fun. I've only performed a couple times in that that venue, but I love it. It's that terraced like semicircle. It's isn't it sunken down? Am I making up a thing? Yeah, it's, it's in. If you go downstairs yeah. and it's and there's like it's like a downstairs treehouse vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's like logs <laughs> everywhere and shit. It's incredible. Totally. And it sounds really good and mm -hmm. and 
It is legitimately my favorite venue in the entire world. Wow. There's it's, no better, like there's no better place. I don't know why I've, I've forgotten about, because I record my special in, in Portland and I just, someone told me where to do it and it was a regular theater. I, I yeah, that's the best. It aesthetically looks like a 70s, yeah, carpet covered like tree fort vibe. Like a like a lodge. Yeah. It looks yeah. like a lodge. Okay. When I did that venue, I totally agree. There's like almost a built-in energy because of the way it's like they they really mapped it out perfectly, especially for comedy. Cause I remember doing it and I was just doing regular stand-up. I wasn't doing music. And I was just like, I don't this is what I've been working on the least and I don't have a lot of faith in it. And I'm like, you can't not have faith when you go up there because this place is packed. Everyone's mm. killing, like it's all good. And then I just felt like the way it was set up, it almost, it's like, it's telling the audience, like you're in this very specific type of show and you're in a showroom almost. Like the audience can yeah. look at each other and look at you. And it's just very, it feels like it was built to be supportive. Yeah. Like designed that way, yeah. feels like. You know what? You know what it reminds me of is that a lot of places suck. A lot of places right. aren't that. <laughs> a lot of places are terrible. I go a lot of bad venues when I go on tour. That place is fucking great. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yes. Even venues that people, I of course won't name names. I probably will. They'll just fly out of my mouth. <laughs> but <laughs> when it's like banquet seating. Oh my god! And mm. people have to look from the side. It's like, wait, is this the renowned? I almost said it, but it's like I've heard so many good things. What if you have a stiff neck and you, and you can't? People don't want to turn like that. And you're facing other people. Nothing will ruin a comedy show like facing your best friend's wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I just like. Traditional theater, shoulder to shoulder. You forget that they're there like you're at the movies. Are you talking about that place in Hollywood? No, no, no. Okay. It's a, it was a, I'll tell you later because it's in Chicago. I I was like, oh, okay. oh boy. I was very much look excited. And then I was like, oh, it's a dinner banquet hall. There's glass everywhere and I can see cars. And uh, I think it was a situation where I went to a place where there isn't always comedy and Maybe it's better for like dinner, theater, lounge, you know, an improvised performance of David and Lisa or who murdered the chef. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. David and Lisa. Yeah, that I don't a, know. That is a pull from the late 60s. I did it. I was in that once and I don't what remember did, what did, anything about it. What did David it. and or Lisa do? I've never heard of this thing. What was uh, the premise? It's a... It was a play that then they made into a movie, and it's basically oh, kind no. of about two disturbed. Um, is it are they teenagers or like young people? All I remembered, and correct me if I'm wrong, the audience was involved to interact. It was like a they not a choose your own adventure dictated by the audience, but if that hasn't been thought of, I just invented it. Don't steal my idea. <laughs> Poor man's copyright. We've got <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's We've right. Got it There's on a tape. C with a circle around it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a, I don't know what, I guess I don't know what dinner theater is, except you're eating and watching. <laughs> no, no, no. Dinner, it would be like, that is a play. Yeah. And, but then it isn't, that's a very weird play because it's basically about two people that are at like, kind of like an asylum that find each other and follow right. love. So okay. to do that for dinner theater is 
kind of intense. I didn't do it. I rehearsed it several times. Uh, and then I was like, never mind, guys. And I moved to Austin <laughs> and started doing stand up. It was a it was a fork in the road where thank God the devil taught me the fiddle. What? Um, I am I am sort of, sort of curious now. <laughs> I feel like when I see asylums on television, they're usually gender split. Asylums in real life have to be co-ed, but that seems like problematic. Yes. <laughs> it seems like that could lead to all sorts of issues. Oh, it for sure, I yeah, think. Yeah. Although although I could be remembering this like I could be combining movies because I saw it as a movie. Um, so I could definitely be, be combining plots, but I just know that they were both uh, mentally unwell young yeah. people and that, that found each other. Right. But yeah, you don't want people like wandering around in robes that are, are like, you know, open back medical gowns or right. whatever. Uh, right. That that might have challenges that uh, sort of don't complement each other. Yeah. Yes. That seems like that could get messy. Yeah. And it happens, I know from experience, not as a guest, but a visitor of, uh, you know, assisted living facilities. People be fucking. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, th- like, oh, everyone has crabs right now. I'm not, I'm not trying to be dirty or sultry. It's something I experienced. It's, it's not sultry, so don't worry about old, that. Old people That's dishing not... out old school crabs. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Everyone fucks. Let's talk about it. I All of a sudden, I'm holding a pineapple. <laughs> Chris, you've lost your mind. <laughs> I know, I know. Hey, I'm just <laughs> saying, if you're in the a pineapple facility... Comes up. <laughs> um, Mike, you sounded very passionate when you were talking about bad venues. Do you want to oh just describe like a, a worst case scenario bad venue? There's, a, there's another place in Portland that to me is like, this is the AB. Like one of these places in Portland that I've played. I think I got tricked into thinking that like all the places in Portland were cool because I played like a couple cool places. And this one was like, it was a it was like a theater. And, you know, luckily for me there weren't seats but it had that same sort of like sterile vibe mm-hmm. and the like the green room was a very small dressing room yeah <laughs> with you know with the light bulbs around <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i don't need that shit <laughs> i need outlets and a place to smoke marijuana <laughs> yeah yeah okay? yeah i don't i don't well, you you don't need a mirror to touch your own face I, and be like come on we can do this yeah like there's no powder going on my nose <laughs> at all yeah but the yeah the the vibe was was too sterile the like yeah and it, and and it was a place where there's a balcony with a bunch of seats and it, it was just like you could tell that this was a place that people go to because there's somebody there that they want to see but they wouldn't go there just to have fun on right. their own like people don't just show up there to have a good time yeah right and like that's that's the those are the venues I, I typically don't like are the ones where people don't just go hang out it's not a hang. It's like you kind of have to go right. to see the thing you want to see. And then you get the fuck out of there as soon as it's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like there's a formality to it that doesn't isn't conducive to, to what I the do. show yeah. you do. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It yeah. is funny. It's funny you bring up that light bulb blind mirror because every time I see it, I'm like, oh, for God's sake. What do I, <laughs> what do I think I'm Liza Minnelli 30 years ago? <laughs> I got to. It's showtime. Actually, it makes me nervous, those things. Yeah. It should be called crisis mirrors. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> That's what they're there for. Well, I wasn't Just to nervous. Stare at yourself. <laughs> yes, to look back on your life and the choices that have led you to this moment. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're there for. Yeah. And then put on your black swan costume and go out there and dance, dance, dance. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. And I think I know exactly where you're talking about, but we'll wait till we're done recording. <laughs> are you, what are you working on now? Are you, are you ha- have any albums or have you been? Yeah, well, um, yeah I'm, I'm finishing stuff up. Or any? Um, oh, gosh. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to have a session with a couple of OGs tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to that. Can you but I've been. Say who, or do you want to? Well, I don't want to yeah, say yeah, who because yeah. they, might, they might not come. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hey, but you said, and then you just get called on it. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, but AC alone is supposed to come through the yep, session tomorrow. Yeah, see, that's that's who I wanted. To Yo, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, jinx. I. It's okay to. T- I. A lot of people are scared about putting things into the universe or jinxing things. I think it's good. To, I think you did a good thing by saying. Well, you know, I thought about it, and yeah, worst case scenario, he hears this, it would be, or somebody here, but it would be after right. it either happened or didn't happen yes. anyway, so it'd be okay. And he, he <laughs> already right. wouldn't be listening, because right. last time when I said something about Freestyle Fellowship being comedic rap, to me, it was, I, that, I still flinch when I remember I said that, and so why would I repeat it now? The point is, <laughs> my friends and I... Would that's how we connected with uh, that album? We were like, that is the funniest, because you know everyone was kids when they, you know it's like probably sixteen or seventeen some of those songs, and I was I just liked the the it was comedic, and they, I think yeah they had they had funny moments yeah, they had yeah. little skits and sketches yeah. they had personality yeah, yeah. you know I, I mean I think yeah it's probably tough to call them. Uh, comedic because they were very technical right they're very technical rappers so mm. it's like you know if if you're a casual person hearing them funny isn't the first thing that's gonna <laughs> come to your if mind someone's rapping and then they start saying it like that or what, <laughs> i mean come on Wait, you do you think everyone's gonna be listening and turtlenecks like oh yes <laughs> you know there would what a crescendo yeah, <laughs> i that's what i made me laugh like all the like Black Sheep did that too. I'm I don't a lot of those groups when they would break. I guess it's sudden breaking off into song makes me laugh. Maybe that's so, what it is. That's I mean, so then me. the the far side must have been oh peak <laughs> comedy rap. For I you, mean, they legitimately funny lyrics though. There's no exactly way. like they were they were trying to be funny in the raps and also breaking into song. I was I was doing stand up at a. Cap- Aroma, do you remember that, Karen? It was like a, not an open mic, but it was like a... Was it upstairs? It was ground level, like a seedy hotel, but uh, I was talking. I don't ever do crowd work, and, but there was a guy with notebook and there was pieces of paper hanging out of it. And I was like, oh, are you going up tonight? And he's like, no, no, I'm a musician. And then I realized in that moment it was Fat Lip. Mm. And I was like, uh, and I nerd out. I I've liked this guy since I was a kid, and I'm like, I started like shaking. I'm like, does it begin with an F? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're like, well, I like, I think you're, I, I. And then I just started eating it. But he was real nice. He went up to every comic. He Wait, saw. I'm sorry. This was during your set. Oh yeah. 
Oh shit! I didn't put yeah, that I'm together yeah, I either. It, I this is it wrong. way funny. I recognized him w- while talking. Hey, what are you? Uh, open my comic, and I'm like, oh fuck! I know your face. Yeah. Wow, you're doing crowd work and happened upon someone you were a fan of. Yes. <laughs> that's a that's nightmare. like a fucking nightmare. You're yeah. right. I've never. Yeah, I can't believe that's a fresh one. I've never even shared with you, Karen. It was. Yeah, I've never heard that story before. He was so that's sweet great. and. Uh, and he was like hanging out and talking to all the, con- he was like, I love comedy. And he went there to watch the show. I think he was there writing, you know, and then, hey, there's a comedy show. And he decided to stay, which that alone, I appreciate. Yeah, that's but, very nice. Yeah, it's so funny. Wow. Trying to do my crappy. Cra- what do you do for a living? Oh, my favorite <laughs> of all time rap group. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and it's probably harder because he's not like a household name. So like you're nerding out maybe by yourself, right, on stage, <laughs> and, and people are like, "What is going on? Is this a bit?" Like, and what? I think maybe he appreciated that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's hilarious. Also, what if the next time you heard, uh, yes, he was in the Far Side. Sorry, I don't know this. Yes, Fat Lip is in well. the Far Side. I did see them at a festival one time that was at like Northridge, because um, I went with like Brian Posehn, a bunch of like a bunch of comics. And when their set started, it was as if everyone decided to start smoking pot at the same time. So this literal wall of pot smoke went up. Like people were doing it here and there, but suddenly it was just like, like there was a cloud in front of us in the middle of the day. It was one of the funniest, coolest things I'd ever seen. I, but I wish I knew what song it was. Maybe it would help explain. Um, Maybe it's past the pipe. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, that would make sense. If it, would they open with that? Would I mean, that, maybe. Yeah. I mean, the 90s? was it a college? Was it a college show? Because mm-hmm. that that was. I mean, they shouldn't open with that. It's not a way. <laughs> it's not a great way to get booked again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you'd want to do the uh, apple for my teacher because I knew I'd get a kiss <laughs> one. A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one's educational. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Having yeah. a crush on your. T- I just realized. Yeah. <laughs> Trick him into thinking that you're you're mostly an educational rapper that's going to talk about all these songs are about school. All <laughs> yeah. They're all all about school, school. teachers, apples. Yeah. You know that's our thing. <laughs> libraries hanging out in libraries. <laughs> well, I I'm excited for you to record in the studio tomorrow with the people you said that are going to be there. Yes, he's the reason I I'm a part of Project Blow. Yeah, because of AC alone. Yeah, that's that's terrific. I so yeah. I I saw him here at uh, the Virgil, and it was really really great. And I didn't realize a lot of those freestyle fellowship songs were from when he was a kid, because he's like, oh, I wrote this when I was seventeen, and it yeah, was like him and skateboard tennis shoe ice cream shop. One just a list of things that a kid uh, would. Oh, is that is that cornbread? Is that yeah, be think, cornbread? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, so. Yeah, it is cornbread. Yeah, him and Micah Nine, they had a group. Uh, before Freestyle Fellowship. Uh, God, I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, they used to do routines. Like I, I was, I interviewed Mike and I for my podcast. He was telling me about this one time in the late 80s where like they saw Run DMC in a Burger King and, <laughs> and then they ran in and tried to battle him. And um, oh. and they, they, yeah, they kicked their rhymes and Run DMC was like, yeah, that's cool. Y'all talk to Jam Master J and then they left because yeah. they had a plane to catch. Yeah, they did it. We don't want a battle. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you what you're looking battle. for. Good job. Right. Oh, That's man. so but yeah, weird. They, they, they saw him in a place and they're like, "That this is our they, chance. 
to defeat them. They saw them in the Burger King. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a fucked up thing about rappers. We're so competitive, and it's and it's it started out as such a street corner culture that if you're really into it, you're expecting other people to be ready to do it right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. Like <laughs> Micah has multiple stories of running up to people and saying, "What's up with the real b boy battle?" At their shows, <laughs> at other people's shows, yeah. it doesn't matter. He was always trying to do it, and half the time people would engage with him and do it too. He said Tupac used to rap with him all the time because he knew Tupac knew whenever Micah saw him. That's what Michael was going to ask him to do. Oh, wow. <laughs> but that's kind of, I mean, that feels to me very reflective of comics riffing mm-hmm. in that way of these are the people, there's not a lot of people that can do the thing that you can do. And it keeps you on your toes if there's the competitive right. edge to it, right? Exactly that. Right. Yeah. Exactly that. Well, the, the, the anxiety that washes over me, though, when someone says, hey, uh, rap right now, freestyle rap right now. I, I, there's been times where I will at least try, but usually I just will sweat. Karen and I have talked of jokingly, we've done it. Please don't listen to those episodes. Uh, but, but yet, same goes for if someone was like, you have to roast this comic. That's become a thing now that mm-hmm. I think people are still into comedy roasts, right? Roast battles. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I think it's it's become a niche. And much in the same way that like battle rap has sprung off and become these different niches within it. I think it's it's very similar. Yeah. I don't wanna I almost did the boast uh boast battle where you boast rattle. Boast rattle where you do the compliments. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah, those are cool. Yeah. I mm-hmm. that's what I instinctively like back when Eliza Skinner uh, had a show at UCB here and you I'm like let's just compliment each other because you're a stranger. They there was a ringer from the audience that was a really good rapper uh, for just being, hey, how about you? But they were raising their hand and jiggling it. Uh, But we we just complimented each other's uh, clothing and demeanor and face uh, symmetric, symmetric I used to do that show all the time. That's how I met a lot of people in the comedy scene out Mm. here, is that I would do that. I would do Eliza's. Oh, okay. uh, Was it the beat beat down? Yeah, I think it was was called. called Yeah, Yeah. I used to do that all the time. That's great. I I yeah. I always wondered how you kind of were. Well, that was part of it, and then I used to do. Um, I I used to beg them to let me be the ass cat monologist. Oh uh, hell yes! And and yeah. do music, you know, and so people like the the other improvisers would see how well that went. Yeah, like my songs had funny shit in them, and so then they would invite me to do their shows, and then like I recorded. Um, like after the first time I did ASCAT, it went so fucking good. The next time I did it, I made sure that I had it videoed so I could like try to get on more shows. Yeah. And uh, one of the people whose shows I was trying to get on was Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah. And I bugged him a lot and he checked out the video <laughs> and he had, he started having me on, on a couple of his Largo shows and that, Op- like between that and Eliza's shit, like it's just like everything opened up. That's so yeah. great. Yeah, that's the those are the stomping grounds that I was focused on. And then yeah, of I course snuck, it would work. A normal stealthily. monologue, it's like oh, it's just more talking, and then they're gonna. It. I think of a uh, music version is great. Those are fun nights. Yeah, those were incredibly yeah. fun nights. So wait, were you were you taking suggestions from the audience and then improv like? No, no, I just I just uh came prepared to do 
songs of mine that worked in that environment. Okay. And then I would do the song and then they would say, hey, tell me a little bit about how you came up with that. And then they would riff That's off great. of the song and the the context around the song. Got it. Oh, yeah. for a second, I just thought you you were taking suggestions where I'm like, right. that's fucking impossible. How yeah, no. That's right. so hard. Because I would not have wanted to video that at all. Yeah. No. I would not have wanted to see that back after the fact. And the times I've done it, you do as a monologist. Is that the right? Monologist? I think so. Monologist. Monolog- monologist sounds it is professional. Like, it does. It sounds classy. <laughs> Someone in the audience gives a word and that dictates what you talk about. It, it, was mm. that... It, that way for you, Karen. I think yeah. the, your yeah, version's yeah. better. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, they they let me do my shit, yeah. and then they just riffed off of it, and and it was great. Yeah, that yeah. is a really good idea. That's inversely the first improv class I ever took, and like week three, the improv teacher made us all get up and freestyle rap, and oh, I boy. literally I was like. Please don't make me do this. Like, that's a I, really hard. Like, I thought that's a really tough so thing to hard. ask people to do if they've never done it. Yes. Like to do it in front of people for the first time. For the first time. And also, I think for myself, I, first of all, taking this improv class was very, I wish I'd done it years before because comedy is like just played into all my control issues. And basically, I decide and I'm going to plan it and blah, blah, blah. And it's like memorization, essentially. Improv, of course, is the complete opposite of that. And right. it was very difficult in and of itself. But to me, like freestyling is such a specialized um, ability that has so much to do with literally just like opening your mind and trusting your brain, yeah, which yeah. I do not feel that way about my <laughs> yeah. brain or myself at all. And then that self-consciousness of like, this is this is absolutely going to go badly. It's not like I can pretend I'm a waitress and we're improvising a scene about ordering a hamburger. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you want me to just train of thought, like whatever's going to come out of my head? No, thanks. I don't want to reveal yeah. that shit about myself. Like yeah. it exposes you in so you many You want to hear something interesting, that very line of thinking right there is why in the last couple of years I have decided not to banter in my live shows mm. because I have learned the hard way that if I banter without a plan, I'm going to say something fucking dark. <laughs> right. That's yeah. great. And I'm going to suck the fucking energy out of the room and dig a, and dig a hole that I have to climb out this of. This is like my job on this podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How often, though, because there are times where I'm watching uh, freestyle rap and I can tell some of the lines were sitting in the the back pocket. Sure. Absolutely. And they're plugging in some guys more than others. And the audience is all like, oh, this is freestyle. I'm like, no, that wasn't. And that wasn't the um, um in between. (laughs) (laughs) was improvised but is anyone called out like it's yeah if you were i'm doing a a comedy show that's all crowd work and you see someone doing their jokes it's the same do people get called out on that everywhere not really because i don't think people have the language to know how to call it out like right because i i did a thing for a long time where when i was on tour from from city to city when i was in a city that day i'd be trying to like make notes of certain things in my head that I would reference during sure. the freestyle. Um, sometimes, like I would remember the four things so well and do a setup, mention, setup reference, setup reference. Set, that, like, I had a couple people ask me after, "Oh, did you write that before?" Like, right. and it's like, 
no. I just <laughs> noted some things and remembered them and, and kind of did them. In a, but I don't think I don't think people have the language to be like, hey, did you think of that particular line before you got here? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if they I don't know if people are able to uh, ask the sort of specific question you'd need to ask. Right. To, to get the answer, even if they sensed maybe it was prepared. Yeah. I don't know if they, I don't, I don't know if there's any room between completely prepared or completely improvised in a lot of people's minds when it comes to right. and Like you have to have done it. Yeah. If I think of yes. something that is funny in a town like that, I'm like, I'll ruin it if I actually overthink it. I That's a funny premise. When my back's against the wall, my instincts comedically will know to say the right thing. I don't want to ruin right. it by actually writing a joke i've actually i should write more that's the excuse i've given myself no i'll just work <laughs> it out on stage my riffy loose style will pull me through i'll probably help if i type some shit out <laughs> but i know yeah i very much relate to exactly what you said like just have the references there and when you'll you'll know what to do with them if if you can just remember to have the four or five things sitting there I've gotten to the point now where I don't I don't even like to do that anymore though. Like I like to freestyle, but I like to do it in a very pure sense of just letting my mind go somewhere, uh, rather than trying to build it around this hyper local reference. Cause I found my like it it started to feel too gimmicky. Cause I know people who like they really they really gimmick the shit out of it. Right. <laughs> and I can't, I can't stand it. Like I know of quite a few people who do the thing where uh, everybody takes something out of your pockets and put it in the air. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to freestyle about every item yeah. <laughs> that I see. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's, it's not easy, <laughs> yeah. but it's also not very interesting. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, short it's, form game. That's like the freeze tag of, Rapping. Yeah. <laughs> Give me this. Yeah. Oh, it's a steering wheel. And everyone laughs. Yeah. Because it's a plate. It's not a steering wheel. How do you but do that? But also that feeling, like, one of the best feelings that I can remember, like, the night and the time where it was, like, probably my fourth year in stand-up. And I was, do I was middling for someone at the Punchline in San Francisco. And as I was finishing a, a chunk... And doing like the, t I was on, say, the third to last joke in this area. And then I thought of another joke and said it and it mm. killed. And then I thought of another joke and said it and it killed. And I was like, it was like, <laughs> I was struck by lightning where I'm like, oh shit, that's the point. Yeah. It, it's, huh. I don't want to be up here as a monologist. I don't want to be just saying the same thing with a, a fresh take, like a weird actor. I actually want to be engaged in what my point is and think of better points. And that feeling is so fucking rad yeah. that like, that is the, like, however I can figure out a structure and I still don't really know, but it's like the looseness scares the shit out of me. But that's right. where those new that's, ideas come. Yeah, through. the danger. The danger is where all the fucking energy yeah. is. And yeah. like that's the same. That's like kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, I don't want local reference guardrails. Yeah, let's yeah, just yeah. fucking go somewhere. Yeah, let's just fucking go. And I'm afraid you know? I do that now, just because the looseness scares me. When I first started, I maybe didn't even know what I was going to talk about. I just had four beers. And I started <laughs> talking and and random. That's how I started. Yeah, I, I didn't know you were supposed to write stuff down. But and 
there are times though that it fails miserably, you know? And so that's why out of fear, I started making the, you know, the framework of comedy, which takes away that looseness. But the reason freestyling is like, is kind of a cheat code because as long as people are conscious of the fact that you are making it up, it's really impossible to bomb. Yeah. Like you, like the only way to bomb is it like you completely stop. Right. <laughs> like at some awkward place. Like that's the only way to bomb. Like if you, as long as you're continuing to do it, even if you're right. fucking making up words, like people are fucking into it. They, they, they see it as, this is, this is yes. cool. Yes. You know? That right there is why when I was doing both, there was animosity with the stand up scene against um. improvisers because it's like, oh fuck, they could do say whatever up there. Because people loved improv, and and, and I love I moved to Austin to do improv, but I realized it was two different camps, and that was the that was the reason it was split. It's because yeah, they could say anything, and the audience was into it. They're like, ah, that wasn't funny, but they just made it up that unfunny thing, <laughs> you know. Question for 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 both of you. Something that I've seen, because I know some people who are like Jedi Master freestylers, that they they can hit a new awesome thought every bar with a great setup and a great punchline, all completely off the head because they're that fucking yeah. good. But I've seen it where they lose a little impact because it's so good, people don't realize it's all being made up. Right. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to do that in improv or possible to do that in riffing where it's so good that people don't realize it's all being made up right then? It's funny because this is exactly what, when you said people come up to you and they're like, what, how much of that was improvised and what is written? I always, in order to feel comfortable improvising, I had moments in my act that were once improvised that I'm retelling and pretending happened again by accident. For a while, that was my material, but then it gave you room to actually take the risk of improvising because, you know, I have this planned improv, but it's a bit. But it, it so it, it all seems improvised, but just like I assume with the, a lot of freestyle rappers have stuff in their pocket. I'm the one that does that with stand-up. That's why I'm so interested in this talking about this is because yeah i i with my comedy do that i'm i have fake improv so i <laughs> so i feel safe to then actually try and improv and if that falls flat i always have my chambles kunky soup or whatever <laughs> a thing i said once actually because of paul F. Tompkins, he was like always say chambles kunky because i just yeah. did that reversal and it Chambles Kunky became one of my jokes because of Paul. Well, also, that question makes me think, because I started stand-up um, in San Francisco, and it was some of the smartest, best stand-ups. It was like, you know, the early 90s. So it was like we would go every night and get to watch, like, Greg Proops do 45-minute sets. Yeah. And he was he was absolutely riffing of for three quarters of his set. And uh, he was riffing on a level that he, it was like he was writing brand new sets every night. Yeah. Whereas there was other uh, people that you would go see and the first time you saw them, and this happened like, I think it happens to everybody when they start stand-up is you open for somebody the first night, they're the funniest person you've ever seen. The second night you're like, oh, 
Oh, I right. get it. You're doing exactly the same thing. And then basically it's like it it goes downhill from there. But then there were certain comics, like Dana Gold, I think, Greg Proops. Uh, there were people who got on stage and like they did crowd work and they did stuff and they just were talking. And hmm. so I think the delivery was so low key that no one thought it was like I felt it sitting in the back, like I was being, I could see the miracle yeah. that was so hard to recognize because it was just so conversational. Yeah. But it was like Greg Proops, especially. I watched him yeah. one time, a lady said something about Finland and he said, well, that's actually not true. <laughs> and then got into an argument and picked up the mic stand and started drawing in the air a map of Scandinavia. And I was in the back like, you, I couldn't tell you what countries are in this area. Yeah, and he yeah. is literally like putting, he's like putting this woman very politely in her place, but also saying like, do not, please don't come at me uh, about Finland because I'm going to school, school <laughs> yeah, you in yeah. a severe way. And it was like that, I think that's set in my mind, this thing where it's like, it's not about getting this standing ovation from these people. It's those fucking comics. They'll yeah, know. Yeah. They'll know if you're just doing the same act. Yeah. They'll know what you're doing and if you're making something up. And then it's that idea, like, you know, Paul or Andy Kindler, there's a lot of people like that. When you could hear them laughing, you were like, okay, I'm doing something. And I'm one, I'm one uh, to testify that the living you can make off of uh, com other comics liking you is so <laughs> lucrative. <laughs> that back of the room money. Oh, <laughs> it, it I is. mean, look at this place. <laughs> that wallpaper didn't buy itself. I. It's funny you brought up Greg Proops because I've always wondered what that is one of the main, when I first would see him at Largo, I'm like, some of this has to be planned, but it, it, it might be fake loose so he can actually riff. You're saying he just was, he, those he jokes He come had out of jokes, but, but most of the time, and especially at shows like Largo, he would do whatever he wanted because he, I think his IQ is like fucking 200 or something. I mean, like he just yeah. is, I've just seen him so many sets of his that I, it was proven to me that he is like kind of masterful yeah. um, in that way. So oh, yeah. I think there are, it's just hard. I think the people that are really, really good at it are hard to recognize because being low key is part of their style. Right. It's not the big like, Da, da, da. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. They're not. They're not telling you that they're making this up. <laughs> they're just yes. making it up. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I yeah. love. I. I guess I've always realized it, but I love how we are realizing right now what similar worlds hip hop and comedy are. Yeah. Well, you know, creatively and stuff. I'm pretty comfortable in in both, and also feel out of place in both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, that went by really fast. I knew it would. I agree. That was one of our faster podcasts. But we're so excited to have you back. Obviously, we're we we're nerds for you, Mike. Yeah, we yeah. just are. It makes it makes my heart fill up with uh, anxiety and intimidation. <laughs> no, you you Perfect. make you make this easy, and we we were gloating about you after recording last time, and it's great to have you back. Thanks for having me back. This is this is super fun. And I'm way more comfortable this time. So <laughs> Isn't that funny? Everyone's nervous. Yeah. We were nervous. You're, it's so, oh, I was very nervous. Oh, I love it. Do you have anything you want to plug or like yeah. <laughs> aside from the um, um uh, well, you know what? I'm 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 streaming on Twitch a lot. So if you don't know that, check me out there. I'm twitch.com slash open underscore mic underscore eagle. I'm doing it a lot. Oh, um, cool. 
So I need to let people know. Yeah, about yeah, it. yeah. That's the that's the hardest part of this job. That's the part. That's the <laughs> yeah. part. Yeah. What kind of a narcissist lets people know they're doing things? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D-Y-N-A-R. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Mixed by Edson Choi. Our talent booker is Patrick Kotner. Theme song by Karen Kilgariff. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Hong Kong. Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.